your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, February 25th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you. Very excited about today's episode. Very excited about every episode, but very excited about today's episode. Definitely think you'll enjoy it a lot as, of course, free agency is right around the corner. And then the big one, the NFL draft is right around that corner as well. Really going to concentrate and focus on the NFL draft on today's show. Hopefully everyone enjoyed uh, Wednesday's show. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, if you ever need a little bit of kind of a boost in in your own life, uh, you might want to go back and listen to that show. Uh, it was basically about knowing your own worth, and I had a lot of people hit me up and saying, "Hey, man, great stuff on the show. Really needed to to hear that." Sometimes it's just you know it's just something that you need to hear. Matter of fact, DJ hit me up on Twitter and said, "Great podcast today, Q. Very inspirational, stating that we all should value our worth." Just had an interview earlier today, and after hearing this, if I get selected for a second interview, knowing my worth will be something to take into account if offered the job and negotiating salary. So uh, that was just one person feedback from DJ and I do appreciate him reaching out and uh, sharing that with me but that's great man I love I love when we get feedback like that that says that hey th- this episode not only was a good episode but it also gave some personal meaning to me as well so definitely appreciate everyone who reached out uh, by way of Twitter or, or left a message on the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line either text or or call uh, to say that they appreciated the show and if you didn't get a chance to look, listen to it make sure you go back and check it out it's called it pays to know your value so coming up on today's show, segment number two and three, you'll hear my conversation with Cyril Penn 4. He has a draft guide out, 2021 NFL draft guide out. Uh, it's on expandtheboxscore.com. Uh, 323 players he rates. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff on there. I got the copy of it. I really was able to thumb through it. Uh, it's really easy to kind of navigate through and, and understand the breakdowns on it. So a lot of good stuff. So we talked in great length. I mean, very, very lengthy. Matter of fact, you'll hear part one and part two on today's show, and then you'll hear part three on Friday show. So, I mean, it's, it's a very lengthy interview. Uh, so I wanted to break it up. It's a lot of good stuff. Talk offense, talk defense. You'll hear the first two parts coming up on today's show. And again, if you want to check out his, uh, his draft guide, it's expandtheboxscore.com 2021 NFL draft guide. It's 12 bucks. It's 12 bucks, but it's 323 players, rankings, a big board. I mean, it's got everything. So it's definitely well worth it. Uh, I don't like to spend a lot of money on things, but uh, that was well worth my 12 bucks. So I do encourage you to check it out. But really good conversation coming up on today's show. Then here in segment number one, give you the news and the notes of the day, as I always do. Uh, it's not a whole lot to get to, but there were some things that trickled out around the Raiders on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. So on Wednesday, the Raiders made the release of wide receiver Tyrell Williams. They made that official. Uh, He had a four-year contract that he had signed, and he was two years into it. Missed all of 2020 uh, with the torn labrum. His four-year deal was worth $44.3 million. Again, he only played, or actually was only with the team for the two seasons, and now he's released. Uh, Basically, it's going to save him about $10 million in salary cap. Uh, For the Raiders, for the time he was with the team, 42 catches, 651 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, That was all in 2019 because, again, with the torn labrum, he missed all of the 2020 season. He's 29 years old. So that that is not breaking news because that's something that everyone knew was going to happen. They just made it official on Wednesday. And the next up is safety, LaMarcus Joyner. He's expected to be the next one officially released, and that's going to save the Raiders about $9 million in cap space. 
Also wanted to talk about backup quarterback Marcus Mariota. He's a guy that's been a lot of speculation that teams are going to go out there and trade for him. And a, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, man, I think a team's going to give up a third-round draft pick for Marcus Mariota. Well, you haven't really heard anything about that since then. So there was a few reports out there. And it's funny because I actually was on Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday. And I didn't bring that to the podcast this week. But I was on it on Tuesday, and we got into a conversation about Marcus Mariota. But here's Ian Rappaport from Wednesday from the NFL Network talking about Marcus Mariota, talking about his trade market, the fact that it's drying up, and why it's drying up. Yeah, this is an interesting one because a couple days ago, it really seemed like Marcus Mariota was going to be on the move. I know teams were interested, were calling the Las Vegas Raiders about potentially acquiring Marcus Mariota, and things did get down the line a little bit, and there is significant interest in teams trying to get Marcus Mariota to come in and play quarterback for them. But there is an issue. Take a look at his contract. He's due a little more than $10 million this year. If he's going to be a bridge starter, which would be the role he'd come in and play, that's not bad. That's actually not the issue. The issue is based on incentives. If he is the starter and ends up playing the entire season, he can make an additional $12 million, so more than $20 million for Marcus Mariota. Teams, as of right now, don't seem to think that's something that would, be, that would be worth it, especially when you consider they'd also give up a draft pick to trade from. That trademark has now dried up significantly, leading to the question, could Mariota be released and then end up picking his own team and getting some more guaranteed money in the process? That might work out better for him and potentially better for the Raiders than anything else. So there you go. There's Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network talking about Marcus Mariota, his trade market, and the fact that it's dry and the reasons why. And, you know, he's talking about his contract and the fact that if he's a starting quarterback, how much the you know incentives can go up and he can actually get a whole lot of money. And that's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. We said that could be a hangup. But also, you know, talking about giving up draft capital and knowing that that contract is there. And then I think, and this is just me, on top of that, I think that the reports about Derek Carr and getting this contract extension I think that that kind of really made a lot of teams say, well, hell, if they're going to give him a, a contract extension, yeah, they're going to clear us with salary cap space, but they're not going to clear that salary cap space just to make sure that they can fit Marcus Mariota under the salary cap. So I uh, really, really feel like most teams believe Marcus Mariota is going to get released and then they'll be able to go ahead and sign him. And it's funny because we actually had this conversation on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday, and this was the conversation we had about Marcus Mariota. So we were just discussing uh, potential scenarios for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their quarterback situation with Big Ben coming back. Uh, Steve proposed maybe they're a team that could be in the mix for Marcus Mariota. What, what do you think the Raiders should be doing with Marcus Mariota, and how much could they get for him if they do want to trade him? You know, I, I I don't know what they can get for him at this point. You know, I, I just feel like that they blew an opportunity that they had to showcase what he can do. And if they did that, if they had really kind of showed him off quite a bit throughout the course of the season once he got healthy, I feel like they really could have flipped him for, for a lot more than what they're going to get now. The initial reports were maybe a third-round pick, and I think that the Raiders would do a backflip if they were able to get a third-round pick at this point. I don't think that he's, his value, his stock is that high, especially with the reports, which could be false, could be true, whatever, that Derek Carr is close to signing an extension. I think most teams believe that the Raiders are going to have to release him anyway just because of the salary cap. So I don't think teams are going to be willing to give up a whole lot. I do think that the, the Steelers are a team that would be in play. I think Washington's a team that would be in play. I think the Patriots are a team that'd be in play. I think that there's teams that will be in play for Mariota. I just don't think they'll be willing to give up a whole lot, which is unfortunate because in a very quarterback needy league, I, I think a lot of teams would have lined up to say, yeah, okay, we'll give it this third round pick or maybe even a, you know, a late second round pick if this guy can go in there and be that dude, but they only saw him in one game. And so I think that the Raiders kind of missed an opportunity to, to show 
off what they had, you know, showcase them a little bit. They could have done that towards the end of the season, and they chose not to. Adam, what do you think? What could they get? I saw a fan uh, yesterday at Jason saying the Raiders should accept uh, a minimum of a second and a fourth. He's just that valuable as a backup. He is, but they can't really afford him. So, right. so I think the problem is there's knowledge out there. Like, yeah, if if you plan on going into the season with him as your backup quarterback, teams are going to have to do what they can to pry him away. But teams are like, yeah, we'll we'll take him if you want to take him for maybe a third. But at the same time, if, if nobody gives it to him, we know you're going to have to cut him and we can sign him for nothing. Right. So that's the problem that the Raiders run into of, you know, having a guy that is valuable, does have some value, but teams know you're not keeping him. He's not valuable to you. And that is the problem right now with yep. with Marcus Mariota and where he stands. So there's a little back and forth right there on uh, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield, Adam Hill, and myself talking about Marcus Mariota. And basically we all agreed that, you know, hey, he does have value in the league. There's teams that are going to want him. They just don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to afford him. So eventually they're going to have to cut him, and that's just going to be better for them. Why would you give up draft capital for a guy you feel like is going to be released sooner rather than later? So that's kind of the position that I feel the Raiders are in. We'll see what happens. And maybe they find a way to go ahead and hold on to him at this point, it might be better if they could find a way to hold on to him. I just don't know if that's going to be something they'll be able to do and keep him in underneath the salary cap, you know, depending on what the uh, what the ceiling for the, the salary cap is. But either way you go, that's kind of your update on Marcus Mariota and where everything stands as of right now. And uh, then another note from, uh, from Wednesday, and this comes from John Clayton. He has a, a radio show up in Seattle on ESPN Seattle, and I don't remember the exact number, the call letters or anything, but it's the ESPN affiliate in Seattle. And uh, he basically said on the radio show that J.J. Watt uh, is not going to be going to Pittsburgh. Tennessee, Green Bay, and Buffalo are the three teams that he's really kind of focused in on that he's looking at. And then he said Raiders are a dark horse. And so it's funny because I quote tweeted and said, of course, you always got to throw the Raiders name in there to make it a little bit more juicy, you know. And that's something that I think comes from the agents. I think the agents always put the Raiders name in there just because that's what they're doing. And then John Clayton doubled down after some people started to run with that with that uh, that tweet. And he said, hey, people are misinterpreting what I said on the radio today. I said Tennessee, Green Bay, and Buffalo were the leading teams for J.J. Watt but not the final three. Watt hasn't narrowed his list. The Cleveland Browns are still in. So are the Raiders. He has dozens of teams after him. So again, John Clayton kind of doubled down on Twitter what he exactly meant by what he said on the radio, but that's the latest right there on J.J. Watt. Final little nugget for uh, segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast before I get into segment number two and part one of my conversation with Cyril Penn 4, uh, talking all things NFL draft. Uh, Vic Tafer, he put out a, a, another piece on The Athletic talking about the top 10 under the radar Raiders in position to make a splash in 2021. I, I bring this to the table because uh, he says later, Gus Bradley's defense needs linebackers who can move sideline to sideline and make plays. So there's an opportunity for Javen White to earn playing time. And that's great. And I re- and we, everyone who's been listening to this podcast for a long time knows I really want Javen White to succeed. I really do. Matter of fact, I'll probably reach out to him pretty soon and try to get him on the show and just see what he's got going on and how he's feeling going into year two of his NFL career. But I will say, going into Gus Bradley's first year with the Raiders, I don't think that you want to depend on a guy that you're expecting to learn a new role. You know, because I mean, this dude at, at UNLV played safety and he played linebackers, but you're expecting him to be all of a sudden this stud linebacker that could be a big difference maker in Gus Bradley's defense. For everything that, that Vic said about Bradley's defense needing the linebacker and go sideline to sideline is every reason why I keep saying that Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa would be a great pick if he's there for the Raiders at number 17. But I do encourage you to go check out Vic's piece on The Athletic, the top 10 under-the-radar Raiders in position to make a splash in 2020. 
2021. That's all I got for you. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my conversation with Cyril Penn 4 as we talk about all things NFL draft. It's a really, really good conversation. I definitely think you'll enjoy it. That's coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. What you got to do is go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything. Engine parts, they got it. Brake parts, they got it. Tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Yeah, they even got new carpet. It does not matter what you need for your car. If it's something that you drive every day to work or if it's a car you just roll out of the garage on Sunday, they have you covered. Everything you need is just a few easy clicks away and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are always super low. The same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no need to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Right now, go to RockAuto.com. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck while you're there. Write Locked On Raiders Podcast in the little box that says, how'd you hear about us? That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Job. Great selection, super low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is from rockauto.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Talking right now with Cyril Pen 4 He's on Twitter, at Cyril Pen 4 That's at Cyril Pen and the number four. Uh, he's a scouting director and editor at Expand the Box Score as a 2021 NFL draft guide out right now. Over 300 plus pages. And, and Cyril, before we get into specifics and talk about players that could be potential fits for the Raiders, I want to know about the process of putting this guide together. Every single year, I invest in like one draft guide. And sometimes it'll be from multiple different people or whatever. Just, I like to kind of get different thoughts and different people's opinions on, on, uh, you know, prospects coming into the league. What was the process like putting this, uh, this guide together? Well, so COVID times hit, right? in March and suddenly a lot of us in the football industry uh, found ourselves without jobs temporarily. And so I was one of those included and I decided, Hey, I'm going to take advantage of this time that we have. And of all of us having time collectively, I brought together a group of 14 guys and we just sort of built out a board of guys that we wanted to watch and just started watching them, started having different sessions where we would have different uh, former NFL scouts on or CFL scouts to talk to us about guys and really uh, make sure that we knew exactly what we were watching, put together our trade scales and uh, basically just turning the flywheel day by day, scouting more and more guys. Suddenly we got 323 prospects in this draft guide and it's been released. Uh, It'll be a week tomorrow that we have released it. So Super excited to have it out there and see all our hard work pay off. Absolutely. And like you said, 323 players are featured in this guide. Uh, you can find it at expand, expandtheboxscore.com. It's the 2021 NFL Draft Guide. And I definitely encourage you to go on out there and get it. I did that as well. That was the one that I invested in this year and excited as I was going through it, kind of thumbing through it. And it was it was pretty easy to navigate through. You know, I mean, you can scroll through the, the pages just with your mouse or you can just punch in. Like if I want to go to page 190, or if I want to go and look at the linebackers, uh, I can go and just kind of look at uh, what page is it? 258. Just punch it in and then boom, it pops up. So it was really neat how you guys put it together. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think that our our guide's got the best value. If you're going to sink your value into only one guide, I, we're selling it for only 12 bucks. That's cheaper than anyone else. Uh, since we're an upstart, we wanted to 
give people that combination of value and the quality that we have in our reports. Um, and we think that that in terms of quantity and quality is unmatched by any of the other guys on the market right now. Yeah, well, you guys did a great job. Like I said, I definitely enjoyed thumbing through it and checking it out, and it's going to be my go-to all offseason as far as the draft goes. It'll be the one I, I go to as I talk about the Raiders and their draft needs leading up to the 2021 draft in April. So let's go ahead and talk about some of those draft needs for the Raiders, and I think the big elephant in the room is what everyone knows is the defense. It was horrible in 2020, gave up more points in, than any other team or than any other Raider team in the history of the franchise, which is embarrassing to even say. It's hard for me to even spit that out just so embarrassing but um there's a lot of work that needs to be done defensively so uh with that in in mind is there any guys that just kind of stood out to you in a major way that you said you know what this guy would be an ideal fit for what Gus Bradley the new defensive coordinator wants to do Mm -hmm. for the Raiders moving forward yeah so Gus Bradley with him installing that Leo defense with the Raiders um they don't really have a traditional Leo pass rusher for that Seahawks 4-3 defense on the Raiders roster right now. So that's probably one of the things that the Raiders are going to be looking for um, sitting at 17 right there. And I got a couple guys who um, I think could be of interest who could really fit that role. The number one guy that I really love um, who would be perfect at 17, in my opinion, is Aziz Ojalari. That's the edge rusher out of Georgia. Um, This is a guy who he's... A little small for the position, but man, he does not play small at all. Plays with great leverage, uh, great force. He's a super quick player. I was talking with a former NFL offensive line coach, Pat Flaherty, about this guy. And he said that for a young player like this, a third-year player out of college who's actually the youngest player in this class right now, the way that he can anticipate the lean of opposing offensive tackles is just really advanced. Um, And he was saying from an offensive line perspective – Ojalari of the top edge guys is the hardest guy uh, to prepare for in his mind. So that's a guy who I think at 17 would be a great fit. Um, Another guy who potentially could go there at 17 might be a little bit of a reach, but um, would definitely fit into the recent Raiders way of thinking is Joseph Asai out of Texas. Uh, He's a guy who a little bit bigger than Ojalari, maybe not quite as strong though, but he fits that Leo pass rusher role. He's got natural hands, great hand usage. Um, he's a guy who's a dog, has the best motor of any of the guys that I watched in this class, and I watched over 100 prospects myself. Um, this guy just has that tenacious motor that you just want on your team. He just makes your team faster overall. And with the recent history of the Raiders really drafting those culture tone-setting guys, uh, that may not be exactly what Raiders fans want to hear going culture over uh, talent, but that's a guy who I could definitely see um, fitting from a schematic point and from a a cultural perspective. Let me ask you this. If they were to go with one of those two guys, you know, at the defensive end, that Leo position, what would that do or what would that say for current defensive end Max Crosby, who's led the the Raiders in sacks the last two seasons? See, I I think that Max Crosby, um, he's going to probably end up playing as the big end, even though he doesn't necessarily fit there. That's where Cleveland Furl is probably going to be. But I I think that would really say that they just don't see Crosby as the ideal fit in this defense, which sadly enough, he's not that ideal fit at Leo is a really good player. I still think that they would be able to find places for him to play. Um, but I think that might bump him into more of a situational pass rusher role, which is his best skill set. And coming out, that was what people expected him to be. He's been a serious overachiever. Uh, I, I think that maybe in that 
third pass rusher role, uh, he could find his best niche in the league. It's just interesting, you know, just to see the current Raiders that are on the squad opposed to guys that could possibly uh, be entering the league and being on the team and how that changes uh, with the schematic change with uh, Gus Bradley taking over where Paul Gunther was there the last few seasons. Let me ask you about a guy that I've seen a lot of because I cover the Big 12, and that's Darius Stills. Now, he's going to be on the inside of the defensive line uh, from West Virginia. He was a monster in the Big 12, but I kind of I get nervous sometimes when it comes to Big 12 defensive linemen who, who dominate in, in, in college, I don't know how well of a fit they're going to be on the next level. What are your thoughts on Steels? Yeah, Steels is kind of an undersized three technique. I think um, he is slightly more of the same of a guy like Maurice Hurst, okay. where he's a guy who's got a good first step and is going to be productive against the pass, but against the run, you probably don't want him in there. So I, I think that that might be slightly uh, redundant of a fit for them. Uh, but they definitely do need uh, a boost to the pass rush. A, a guy who might be available to them in rounds two or three, uh, probably a better fit in round three, who can uh, come in there and be a three-down player who does bolster the pass rush, um, is a guy named Jalen Twyman uh, out of Pitt. He did not play this year, but he has some of the best hand usage of any defensive lineman in the class. He's got super accurate forceful hands on that initial punch, explosive first step, uh, really good get off. And man, he like nasty push pull move. He can use that inside swim. He's got a developed set of moves. I, I think uh, Twyman is going to be an interesting case uh, as are a lot of guys who didn't play this year with where his value is actually at. But coming into the year, people were talking about him as a potential fringe first rounder. And now uh, he's probably going to be a third round guy. He, he's a little bit undersized as well, but if you're looking for that pass rushing three technique, I think the value can be there in the third round for the Raiders. Talking right now with Cyril Pin four. You can find him on Twitter at Cyril Pin, the number four. Uh, he's the uh, a, a scouting director and editor at Expand the Box Score. Has a nice 2021 NFL draft guide out right now. So we're kind of going over some of the players that could be potential players for the Raiders in this upcoming draft. And, you know, sticking on the interior part of that defensive line, a guy who really came on towards the end of the season was uh, Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Uh, he was a monster. Obviously, everyone saw him on the biggest stage at the uh, national championship game. Was really unstoppable, but the performance wasn't all season long. Any concern about the production not being the whole season or or just what you saw at the end? Was that enough for you? Yeah, well, one of the problems with Barmore and just projecting him going forward is that he really only played a little more than half of the snaps at Alabama. They had just... a uh, has at most positions with Alabama, they have an absolutely stacked defensive line room. So, and Barmore was a young guy. He's a redshirt sophomore coming out. So he's really only got two years of experience. Um, just like in 2019, he was really flashing down the stretch. Uh, but this is a guy who's going to step in of all the defensive linemen in a relatively weak defensive line class compared to normal years. This is the guy who's the best overall pass rusher. Um, I'm not sure if he's a fit there at 17, but if there's a potential trade back okay. where the Raiders are going late in the first round, or if he somehow sneaks into that second round and they can trade up for him, or even if he falls there to the Raiders uh, in the second, I think that would be a slam dunk pick for them. I, I'm just not sure uh, how much of a 
realistic fit he is depending on where I think he's going to go in the draft. So there's part one of my conversation right there with Cyril Penn for talking about his 2021 NFL draft guide and also talking about, you know, just kind of uh, cherry picking some guys that that I've heard people uh, mention with the Raiders. I've heard Raider fans hit me up and say, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? And that was all just defense right there. And on uh, segment number three in, in part two of my conversation, we're going to continue with defense, going to continue uh, with the linebacker position and uh, ask about a couple guys that have been brought to my attention and then uh, he's going to give me some other guys that he thinks could be guys that the Raiders are potentially looking at in the upcoming draft so uh, that's just part one of my conversation we'll be back with more of my conversation with Cyril Penn for talking all things 2021 NFL draft before I get into that though I do want to tell you about betonline.ag if gambling is your thing sports gambling is your thing betonline.ag is the place for you I mean you could talk about you can gamble on college basketball NBA hockey, UFC, uh, reality shows. They got you covered on that. That's not even a sport, reality shows, but they got you covered on that. They have all kinds of prop bets on there. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts, and if you don't have an account, that's okay. Open up a free account today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and with your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So what I mean by that, you put $100 in, you're playing with $150. You put $200 in, you're playing with $300. Simple as that. Betonline.ag, they got the best bonuses in the business, an easy way to find them. Just look on social media at betonline underscore AG. Again, take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Not only are they the title sponsor of my other podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is Locked On Bets, but they, uh, they're, they're just great at what they do. The one place that we really uh, count on and the one place that we really trust for all your gambling needs. Betonline.ag. Check them out today. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And time to jump into part two of my conversation with Cyril Pin 4 You can find him on Twitter, at Cyril Pin 4 talking all things NFL draft. He's got a draft guide out right now, 2021 NFL draft guide. It only costs 12 bucks. A really good little guide, though. 323 players are covered. Rankings, big board, everything you need to have you ready for the upcoming draft. He's got you covered right here. You can check it out on expandtheboxscore.com. But here's part two of that conversation. Starting to talk about linebackers and going to lead things off with talking Micah Parsons. Here's that conversation. We all know that Micah Parsons is the number one guy at that position, and I think he'll be off the board well before the Raiders pick at 17. But I have my eye, and I've seen a lot of guys uh, mock draft him as well. I have my eye on Jeremiah Wusu Koromo out of Notre Dame. What are your thoughts on him? And I, I know that linebacker may not be the number one need for the Raiders, but I think he could be that alpha mm-hmm. dog at that linebacker position. What are your thoughts on, on Owusu Koromoa? Can he be that guy for the Raiders at 17. So Owusu Koromo is a really interesting player to project because he's not a prototypical linebacker. He's more of a guy who you want in that rover hybrid linebacker position. Uh, I've uh, projected his fit to be similar to a Jeremy Chin last year coming to the Panthers, where they really put him as that off-ball linebacker slot hybrid. Um, He's a guy who changes the complexion of your defense because especially now with the Raiders letting go of LaMarcus Joyner, they're in the market for a nickel guy. And this is a guy who you can stick at nickel and stay in that four, three base defense and keep three linebackers on the field so that you're bigger, but you're not necessarily sacrificing too much of the pass coverage by having him instead of a traditional nickel in there. So he's a guy who's probably more of that big nickel than the linebacker. So I don't necessarily think that he's going to, 
uh, quote unquote, fix the Raiders ongoing woes at linebacker. And I don't think that he's a guy uh, at six, one, 215 pounds. I believe he's listed as, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be able to match up with the Travis Kelsey's of this division um, or the Noah fans of this division. Like all Raider fans are dreaming of him being able to do uh, at 17. The value is there for him. I think this is a really great player. He's one of my favorite players in the class. He's just tenacious. He's a playmaker. Like he's, He's got a knack for the ball, uh, punching it out, grabbing interceptions, um, making plays in the backfield. Really instinctual guy, super fast player. But um, this is a guy who, if you're drafting him, you have a specific fit in mind and you're going to have to tailor your defense to him. And I'm not sure that's something the Raiders are willing to do. That sounds like kind of the same description of Isaiah Simmons last year coming out of Clemson. Very similar. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a lot bigger, so he can handle the rigors of being in the box more. Owusu Koromoa has a little more trouble shedding blocks than Isaiah Simmons. But yes, very similar players in terms of that role. One guy that a lot of Raider fans have asked me about and and said that they think could be a good linebacker is Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? And could he be maybe even a better fit for the Raiders? Yeah, Zayvon Collins is a guy who, I mean, in terms of size, he's the opposite. He's at 260, which is just absolutely huge for a linebacker in today's day and age. Um, Similar to JOK, this guy's a playmaker. I'm sure Raiders fans that have been talking to you about it saw he had two game-sealing pick sixes. He had multiple um, game-changing turnovers that he forced. Uh, This is a guy who is really good in pass coverage for 260, He's an excellent blitzer. So he, by at that off-ball linebacker position, can maybe come off on the edge and blitz on third downs. Uh, you can get really creative with this guy. I, I think he's more a fit for a 3-4 in like a Kyle Van Noy type role with the okay. Patriots. Um, but he could be a good Sam linebacker for the Ra- – I, I think he can be a good fit, but I'm, I definitely am not taking him in the first round. Second round – I can see that for the Raiders, definitely. What do you think of the current linebackers that are there in Nick Kukowski and also uh, Corey Littleton? Kukowski was good, but, but Littleton wasn't. He was just, he was a mess, looked like he was thinking the whole time and really slow. Do you think Gus Bradley could save those guys and kind of get them, well, at least Littleton, get him turned around to be the guy that the Raiders expected when they gave up that free agent money for him? Yeah, uh, Littleton does fit what Gus Bradley has asked his will linebackers to do in terms of just run and chase. He wants those fast guys in there. So I I think that Littleton's going to get an opportunity to really showcase his strengths more this year than he did in Gunther's defense. Uh, So I I think that Raiders fans who have given up on him, you may want to rethink that and support this guy coming into this year because he could potentially show that he's worth this kind of money. But I think really uh, our main takeaway that we can get from last year is uh, don't spend too much money on linebackers. You can find linebackers typically in the draft in the third, fourth, fifth round who can come in and contribute. Um, so spending an abundance of money isn't necessarily the best uh, use of cap space. Talking all things NFL draft right now with Cyril Penn 4. Uh, he's a scouting director and editor at Expand the Box Score. Got the 2021 NFL draft guide out. Check it out at expandtheboxscore.com. And talked a lot about defense, and again, because that's the big elephant in the room when it comes to the Raiders. But I know uh, you've been looking at some guys. You have some eye, your eyes on some guys that could help the Raiders offensively. And I don't think you could ever stop improving an offense. Kansas City shows that you can never stop improving the offense. They do it each and every year. Uh, there are a couple guys that may have stood out to you that could be off offensive upgrades for the Raiders in this upcoming draft? Yeah, so 
with the right tackle situation right now with Trent Brown, it's a little uh, uneasy, I would say. Not sure if Brown is going to be back on his big cap number. Um, there's been a, a few rumblings of him potentially getting cut. And I think that there could be a couple guys at 17 who are available who could be like really good replacements uh, right away. Um, one guy who's a little under the radar in terms of going that high, but the guys who I've talked to and in my film sessions of him, uh, I think he could be a good value there. And that's Jalen Mayfield, uh, the right tackle out of Michigan. He's a really young prospect. I believe he's a redshirt sophomore coming out and he's just a nasty, tenacious guy who's putting people in the dirt. Uh, but despite that, you'd, you'd usually think those nasty, tenacious guys uh, who can be maulers and who can displace people in the run game, they're probably not going to be uh, typically the best pass blockers, but that is not the case with Mayfield. He has great reactive athleticism, able to mirror and match guys really well. I think the biggest knock on him is experience, and I think that if the Raiders are willing to overlook that, he's a guy who could be a good fit there. Um, if, if they're willing to wait on tackle to day two, Another guy who uh, fits in that mold is James Hudson. He's probably the most aggressive player in this class um, in terms of offensive tackles. He's a guy who uh, is shoot super uh, torquey from his lower half, can really generate movement. Uh, he's a little bit raw. Again, experience is kind of an issue for him in terms of uh, most uh, NFL evaluators want their offensive linemen to be very experienced and to have a lot of uh, tape. And this guy does not, but that's why he could be that third round pick for the Raiders where you take a chance on this guy and suddenly he breaks out and ends up as your starting right tackle for the next 10 years. So I, I think they should definitely be looking into the right tackle situation um, because if we've learned anything about Derek Carr, his ability is greatly heightened when he has a clean pocket to work from. Yeah, absolutely. And from everything I understand is that this is a pretty deep offensive tackle draft. Absolutely. You're you're dead on with that. Um, there's even some guys who I circled as potential day three guys for the Raiders who I think they could be interested. Uh, Stone Forsythe, that's a guy who we in our Expand the Box Score book are higher on than a lot of people. We think he's a potential developmental guy. He's a good pass blocker, even though he's six foot eight and above 320 pounds. Wow. Uh, another guy who who we like uh, for the Raiders as like a late flyer, just to if they bring Trent Brown back and they just want to develop a guy, is Greg Island, who was at the College Gridiron Showcase. So I got to see him live and in person. Um, he measured out with 36, over 36 inch arms, which is just uh insane that's that'd be longer than any offensive lineman in last year's class he has a size 19 shoe and uh, this guy isn't exactly a fast guy but when you have that much length that's worth taking a chance on if you're any nfl team yeah absolutely absolutely i don't need him to be fast i just need him to be able to block <laughs> you exactly. know exactly yeah so no doubt about that and just got a couple more questions for you and sticking with the offensive side of the the ball uh i, I got a buddy that hit me up and, and said i know this is a long shot but uh kyle pitts a tight end out of florida i think that teaming him up with uh, darren waller would just be explosive we all wow. know john gruden loves to use a tight end uh first i don't think pitts is going to be there for the raiders at 17 but what are your thoughts if they were able to land a guy like that uh you know to team him up with Darren Waller so I think Pitts could go even as high as four to the Falcons or right. three to the Dolphins I think he's that good of a prospect and some uh 
former NFL officials have confirmed with me that they believe that that's the case uh, in terms of his talent as well. If he were to somehow slide to 17 with the Raiders, I think that's a no-brainer pick. I think he is the best offensive weapon in this class this year. Um, that's just a guy who, in terms of mismatch ability, he's an absolute freak. Like there, You cannot look at any uh, linebacker in the NFL and say, this guy can capably cover Kyle Pitts down in and down out. And you probably can't say that for basically any safety either. Um, That's the guy who you're probably going to need your number one corner to be marking up against. Uh, And when you have a tight end that can split out wide like that and really play receiver, it forces the defense to play small. And then suddenly when you got the defense playing small in those diamond nickel looks and you bring that tight end back, especially when you got two tight ends and you're out there in 12 personnel a lot or 22 as Gruden would love to run with Ingold still on the field. And you got to play, you're playing 22 or 12 personnel against a 4 2 5 defense. Then you got the size on him, and then you can really pound the rock, especially with uh, the size that the Raiders have on the offensive line. You can just manhandle defenses with that much size on the field. So I think that's a dream scenario for the Raiders. If, if anything happens in the draft, I haven't even considered that because it's probably a long shot. If anything, uh, I would say that's about as well as things could go. If, if you get Kyle Pitts. At 17 for the Raiders, whatever else happens, you should be happy. (laughs) So basically, it's one of those drafts where if he drops to maybe around 10, the Raiders should seriously think about trading up and going to getting him. Yeah, and you wouldn't normally think about trading up to to get a tight end, but I think that would be worth it unless they have to give up like two future firsts or something. But one future first and 17, like... I'd consider it strongly. Let me ask you this about the wide receiver position. Is there any guy that you see that could potentially drop to number 17 that the Raiders would be in in in, in play for? I mean, I like both Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, but most likely both of those guys are going to be gone. But maybe not mm-hmm. even in the first round. Do you see a wide receiver who could potentially be a, a, a game changer? I mean, they have Henry Ruggs. They drafted him in the first round at number 12 last year for his speed. Darren Waller, we just mentioned him. He's really the number one guy. But is there someone that could be that? compliment and really be a dog on that uh, at that wide receiver position yeah I think the Raiders really uh probably need an X receiver and the only guy who I'd take in the first round who can step in as that X is Jamar Chase who I think will be gone in the top 10 as well yeah so I, I don't see anyone in the first round who they'd probably consider taking which is just as well because they really need to invest that on the defense uh but I, I circled a couple guys who I think uh could be fits on day two, whether in the second or third round. Uh, one of those guys is Diane Brown, the North Carolina receiver, junior coming out. And that's a, he's not overly big, but good weight distribution. Uh, he can release off press w- really well, which is very much necessary for any X receiver. Uh, just an all around guy with good ball skills, play speed, tracking ability, great hands. Uh, so th- that's a guy who I think could step in and uh, contribute from day one for them. Uh, Another guy who I would like for them is uh, Nico Collins, who really showed out at the Senior Bowl. 6'4", 215, is a guy who didn't play uh, this past season, but he showed up looking really good. He's jumbo-sized dude, height, strength, major catch radius, um, and he's actually a credible deep threat, too. He can take the top off a defense pretty well, and I, I know that Henry Ruggs is a guy who can do that, but you don't always want Henry Ruggs in that taking the top off the defense role. You want to feed him underneath. And uh, Nico Collins, if you get another guy who's got this type of play speed, 
who can take the top off a guy and give rugs some room to work underneath and use his run after catch ability. That could uh, really make the Raiders offense a little more dynamic. Uh, one more guy that I'll circle who they should check out on day three. This is a guy that not a lot of people are talking about is Stanford receiver. Simi Fehoko He's a six foot four, 227 pound thumper. Dang. He's got, a very good release. Uh, he can really box out safeties. He's a really savvy guy. Uh, I, I thought that he had a good throw-by technique on in-breaking routes to break open. Really good body control. And this was a guy who I thought, get the ball in his hands, he can run people over like a running back. He really turns into a, a power back as soon as he has the ball. Um, he, he's a guy who right now probably isn't stepping in and contributing right away. That's why he's a third round – or. Uh, a day three guy rather. Uh, but this is a guy who you bring in sit for a year and he could potentially be your starting X by next year. So there's part two of my conversation right there with Cyril pin four on Twitter at Cyril pin, the number four talking all things upcoming 2021 NFL draft. He's got a guide out right now. You can find on expand the box And I know I said that's part two. And the reason I said that I still have part three. I told you it was a very lengthy conversation. I start talking draft. I start talking Raiders football and that's just how it happens. And Cyril's a guy that I have on the show. I think each and every year during the draft and I'll have other guys on as well, you know, other, cause there's always guys that have different opinions and that's the beauty of the NFL draft. So on Friday's show, segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. So maybe if you have some feedback from today's uh, conversation, you can go ahead and, and hit me with it because you will hear part three of my conversation in segment number two. So we'll have calls, we'll have texts, we'll have part three of the conversation. Of course, we'll have news and notes of the day as we close out the week really, really strong. Another week in the books and just about another month in the books here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So uh, hopefully you have a great day. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And uh, we're going to keep this party rolling because that's just how we get down. So Raider Nation, have a great day. Uh, make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Social distance. Do what you got to do. And uh, most importantly, as always, just win, baby.